What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor Donald Glover, the Hulu series Pam and Tommy, and the movie Windfall. First, let's talk about the career of Donald Glover. Glover's first noteworthy role was as Troy, a former football star whose athletic career peaked in high school on the NBC sitcom Community. His co-stars included Joel McHale, Gillian Jacobs, Allison Brie, Danny Putty, Chevy Chase, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Ken Jeong. I really like this show. It had a weird, funny tone, and it would go in unexpected directions, unlike earlier sitcoms that are filled with cliches. During its run, Community was overshadowed by other massive popular sitcoms like The Office and How I Met Your Mother. I'll say this, Community is better than any sitcom on right now, and the best thing about it was it wasn't a traditional comedy. And like Glover, other stars of the show have gone on to big successes elsewhere. Allison Brie and Glow, a show canceled too soon. Gillian Jacobs on the show Love in the movie Don't Think Twice. And I really enjoyed Joe McHale playing community cast member Chevy Chase in the movie A Stupid and Futile Gesture. Many people view Donald Glover as a television star, but if you take a step back and look at the movies he's been a part of, it's quite impressive. He's had supporting roles in Ridley Scott's The Martian, which made over $630 million at the box office, Spider-Man Homecoming, which made just under $900 million, Solo, a Star Wars story where Glover is playing the iconic Lando Calrissian. He's the best part of that film, and I didn't hate that movie. My thought watching it was, they should have made a movie about Lando with Glover starring. That film went on to make close to $400 million, and he played Elder Simba in John Favreau's live action The Lion King, which I didn't like all that much except for Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner who are great as Timon and Pumbaa. That film made $1.6 billion. Glover has been a part of some of the biggest movies of the last few years. And when talking about Glover, you have to talk about how he's a multi-hyphenated performer. Not only is he an actor, he's also a writer, a director, and a former stand-up comic. He's funny. I've seen his stand-up special Weirdo and on top of all that, he's a rapper and a musician under the alias Childish Gambino. And this isn't like when other comics do music like Eddie Murphy. Lover is legitimately making really good music and he has made a name for himself in that field. Glover is the definition of a renaissance man. One of his projects that combines his musical career with his acting one is Guava Island, which is half music video, half movie that co-stars Rihanna. It's ambitious, it doesn't always work, but overall, I really enjoyed it, and Glover is one of the only people on earth who could have pulled something like that off. Let's talk about the thing that Donald Glover is best known for, the FX comedy series Atlanta, which he created, stars in, writes, and directs episodes of in the show. He plays Earn, the cousin and manager of up-and-coming rap star Paperboy, brilliantly played by David Tyree Henry. The show also stars Lakeith Stanfield and Zazie Betts, and together the four of them are arguably the best cast on TV. All four are also movie stars as well, and for his work on season one of the show, Glover 
won two Emmys for lead actor in a comedy series and for directing. I love everything about the show Atlanta. It's got a fantastic mix of comedy and drama, and I am super excited for the long-awaited season three that's coming the day this podcast comes out. Atlanta is about to retake the mantle of the best comedy on TV. The show is set to end after season four, which is for the best. The less is more approach to television has proven to be really effective. What I also love about the series is that there is a clear narrative, the career of Paperboy, but there's also one-off standalone episodes that has nothing to do with it. It's the best of both worlds when it comes to modern comedy. My favorite Donald Glover performance is, of course, in the show Atlanta. I love the character of Earn. Glover is hilarious in the role, and what I also love about the character is he's not always likable, and you don't see that a lot in comedies. Usually, the lead is the voice of reason, but Earn is someone who routinely makes brash decisions. He's super smart, but always seems to get in his own way. He's a complicated person and my favorite character on the show. The most underrated performance of Glover's career is in Ridley Scott's The Martian. It has one of the best performances of Matt Damon's career, but there is a segment of the movie where Glover's character comes up with a plan to get Damon's character off of the planet Mars. And when I watched this movie for the first time, I fell in love with Glover's performance. I love when a side character takes over a movie and makes you wish he was the lead of the movie. Glover's performance in that film leaves you wanting more of him in the movie. The best year of Glover's career has to be 2016. This is the year he won those Emmys and Atlanta premiered. Atlanta changed our entire viewpoints of who Donald Glover was. A lot of people knew who Donald Glover was because of the music, but because of the acting, but Atlanta made it so everyone knew who Donald Glover was, and we now take him super seriously as one of the best creatives in all of Hollywood. Glover is next set to star in a television adaptation of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, that bad movie that starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, but if anyone can make that work as a television show, it would be Donald Glover. Glover has had so many different careers so far. He's had a musical career, he's had a stand-up career, he's had a really good acting career. The craziest thing about all of that is Donald Glover is only 38 years old, and I still think that the best is yet to come. I think he is one of the most exciting people working in television today. And here are the list of Donald Glover performances you need to watch if you haven't caught up yet. Community, The Martian, Spider-Man Homecoming, Atlanta, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Guava Island, and The Lion King. A lot of actors pretend to be really good at a lot of different things. Donald Glover is really good at a lot of things, and I can't wait to see where his career goes from here, and I cannot wait for season three of Atlanta. Let's switch gears and talk about this series, Pam and Tommy. Here's a quick synopsis. The show depicts the whirlwind romance between actress Pamela Anderson and Motley Crue drummer Tommy Lee, and how everything changed for the couple when their sex tape was stolen and made available to the public. The show stars Sebastian Stan, Lily James, and Seth Rogen. Standout performances. Sebastian Stan gives the best performance of his career to date as the drummer of Motley Crue, Tommy Lee. He's portraying him as someone who can't deal with the band's dwindling fame and is an erratic decision maker. He doesn't ever really make the best decision for the couple when it comes to the scandal. He's brash and sometimes unlikable, but Stan also makes you feel empathetic to him as a character. At times, he is 
supportive of Anderson's acting career. He's just someone who lets his ego get the best of him. Lily James completely transformed for the role of former Baywatch star Pamela Anderson and gives a really good performance that gets better as the show goes on. I would describe it as Stan is more of the comic relief of the show. He's over the top. He's wild. There's a scene where he has a gun that's super bizarre and crazy while James carries the dramatic elements of the show. It's not as fun or flashy as Stan but it's an equally solid performance. What I liked about the show is all the parts involving Pam and Tommy and how all the men couldn't realize or didn't care the real victim in all of this is Pamela Anderson because the scandal was negatively impacting her career while Tommy Lee was getting kudos for the tape and if the show would have just focused on that I would consider this show Pam and Tommy to be great but instead the show also dived deep into the life of Rand the man who stole the sex tape from Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson played by Seth Rogen. Rand has a vendetta against Lee for not paying him for work on his new house. I want to say this. I'm a massive fan of Rogan's and thinks he's a fantastic actor both comedically and dramatically. But this character and this performance did not work for me at all. I did not care for the arc of this man at all. This was an issue for me on another show that covered a massive scandal in the mid-90s and that was American Crime Story Impeachment on FX. Like Pam and Tommy, I actually like that show, except for one performance, and that performance was given by the great Sarah Paulson playing Linda Tripp, and I know the point of that character is to be obnoxious, but I could not have cared less about that show when Paulson was on screen, and I felt the exact same way about Rogan and Pam and Tommy. The show needed to have Rand in it, but he did not have to play that big of a factor on the show. He could have been in, say, the first three episodes and then they should have moved on from him as a character and not spend as much time with him. The craziest thing about the show Pam and Tommy is it needed more Pam and Tommy and less Rand. You can't spend that much time with the show's most least interesting character. My biggest issue with Rand is I don't know how the show wants me to feel about him. Am I supposed to feel bad for him like he's a good person? Does the show want me to feel sorry for him? My only thoughts about Rand is he is extremely boring. I also find it really funny that Pam and Tommy was one of the most anticipated shows of the year and it comes on and now all we can talk about is the fact that there was one moment with a talking penis. And the reason for this now infamous moment is because of, in Tommy Lee's memoir, Tommyland, he talks to his penis. It's one small, absurd, silly moment. It's not worth all the chatter that it's getting. Overall, I like the show Pam and Tommy a lot. It's a good show that could have been great. It perfectly illustrates where celebrity and internet culture was going and how largely it stayed the same. I think that's the sad thing about this show is that if the Anderson-Lee sex tape scandal played out today, it would largely go the same way or possibly even worse, which is sad to think about, but it's a fact. We lack empathy for celebrities and still don't treat them like real human beings. Final thoughts on Pam and Tommy. I like the show mostly due to the performances of Sebastian Stan and Lily James, but the storytelling of it all is a bit of a mess. And I agree with the show's conclusion that the real victim in all of that scandal was Pamela Anderson, but you have to agree with me that there is irony that they made a show about how I'm supposed to feel bad about Pamela Anderson and turned it into a comedy. It's like the show was trying to get 
the best of both worlds. Be on her side, but also make light of the scandal. At the end of the day, I'll admit, and I think we should all admit, we only wanted this show to exist to see if Sebastian Stan and Lily James could transform and be Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. And those two actors were able to achieve that feat. So I'll look back at Pam and Tommy and call it a success. Now let's switch gears one final time and talk about the movie Windfall. Here's a quick synopsis. A man breaks into the house of a billionaire and on the way out, he's confronted by the successful CEO and his wife and quickly decides to hold them both captive. The film stars Jason Segel, Lily Collins, and Jesse Plemons. Standout performances. I'm a fan of all three of these actors. Jason Segel, who got his start on comedies like Freaks and Geeks and How I Met Your Mother, has made the transition to being a legitimate dramatic actor with his recent work in The End of the Tour, where he played renowned author David Foster Wallace, Our Friend, where he brings a great mix of comedy and drama. You can go all the way back to 2011's Jeff at Home, directed by the Duplass brothers, to see Siegel is more than a comedic actor. And I'm someone who loved his work in Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I Love You Man and the Muppet movie, but I love the evolution of his career. Jesse Plemons is coming off of his first Oscar-nominated performance in The Power of the Dog, the first of many, I believe, and it's not even his best performance. That's game night. In Windfall, he's perfectly cast as a successful billionaire who sees himself as a victim of modern society, someone who sees his wealth as well-earned. He dominates most of this movie. The last bit of the movie, however, is dominated by Lily Collins. I thought she was giving an okay performance throughout the movie, and then in the last sequence of the movie, I thought she completely turned it up to a thousand and delivered a terrific performance. I have long been a fan of her work. Her early films like The Blind Side, Mirror, Mirror, and Love Rosie, I feel like she's become underrated. She's really good in Rules Don't Apply, Okja, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, Tolkien and Mank, which I loved her in. She may not always pick the best movies to be in, but she is always really, really good. I've seen director Charlie McDowell's last film, The Discovery, which starred both Jason Segel and Jesse Plemons, along with Rooney Mara, Robert Redford, and Riley Keough, and I liked it. It had a really interesting premise, and with Windfall, he's made a really good, tight 90-minute thriller that gets more and more exciting as it goes, and more than most movies, the quality of a thriller all comes down to its ending, and this movie's ending really worked for me, and I didn't see it coming. Maybe some will? I liked what this movie had to say about something that we all think about these modern times. CEOs. When you watch Plemons play his version of a billionaire, you can't help but think about former Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos or Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. There's a part in the movie where Siegel's character confronts Plemons's character over the fact that he doesn't care about all the jobs he's made obsolete. He's completely out of touch with reality. These type of billionaires think they're helping everyone on planet Earth, but in reality, they are really only helping 
helping themselves and the other 1% that are extremely rich. Clemens's character in this movie almost kind of reminded me of the CEO that Oscar Isaac played in Ex Machina, the guy who was making a robot clone thinking he had all the answers to everything. These people think they have all the answer and all the knowledge because they are rich. And they think the answer to everything is money. I mean, there's there's multiple points in this movie where Plemons is just offering Siegel's character an endless amount of money to make this situation go away. Because that's what his entire life is. Giving someone money and then getting the issue resolved. Even his marriage to his wife, played by Collins, is basically a business transaction. I don't want to spoil the movie Windfall, but I want to talk about Jason Siegel's character's motivation. He confronts the Plemons character by the end of the movie and he tells him that he came here to see if Plemons was a good person who deserved his good fortune. And he saw how he acted towards his wife and he realized life is not fair. How could someone so cruel have all of this money? And that's something that I think has never really been explored in a movie as well as it is here. This idea that these billionaires are not necessarily good people because a lot of people like to say successful people are also good people. And that is far and away often not the case. These people that are successful and have the money are usually really cruel. Or they were one good people and the money changed them. I mean, think about it. The longer people act like you have all the answers, the more you're going to think that you have all the answers. Like Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, he probably thinks he has the answer to everything because he's told he has the answer to everything. It is human nature to believe that if that's what people are telling you. The reason why someone like Jeff Bezos gets to go into space is because he's one of the richest people on planet Earth. There's no other reason. He's not that special other than the fact he has a massive massive bank account. And what angers Jason Segel in this movie is not the fact that the Jesse Plemons character is rich. It's how much impact he can have and influence he has on the world today. Because in our world, like it or not, money equals power. Money equals control. What I also really like about this movie is people are going to be on opposite sides. Some people People who watch this movie are really going to be on the side of the Jason Siegel character and say, yes, take down that evil CEO because, again, they're going to make the connection between him and the CEOs that affect our modern society. But there will be some people who watch this movie and agree with almost everything the Jesse Plemons character is saying. He says, look, I earned my money through hard-earned work. I am not the problem here. I earned everything I have and now you're coming to me asking me for a favor. One of the best moments of this movie is when Lily Collins's character talks to Jesse Plemons about the fact that he paid all of her college loans. It was one of the best moments in a movie this year. I loved everything about that movie. That moment is this movie for me. She's basically asking him, do you think I am a freeloader? That scene summarizes both the 
this movie and that relationship. I also think we can really empathize with the Jason Siegel character. We probably all imagine what it would like to be Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg and have that incredible amount of money. I think at the end of the day, what that Jason Siegel character doesn't realize is that money would change him as a human being. He thinks the Jesse Plemons character is a bad person. My viewpoint is, I think that money, in a way, kind of turned him into a bad person. I don't want that ridiculous amount of money. And I know a lot of people listening to this podcast would disagree. Yes, I want to be really wealthy. I'm going to admit to that. But I don't want to be so insanely wealthy that it would change who I am as a human being. I really do feel like the Jesse Plemons billionaire in this movie is an accurate portrayal of the modern day CEO billionaire. The guy who thinks he has the answers to everything. I don't want to be that person and I really don't understand anyone who would want to be that person. Overall, Windfall gave me what I want from a thriller. An interesting plot, good performances, and a solid ending. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday and I highly recommend you go back and check out the work of actor Donald Glover and watch both Pam and Tommy and the movie Windfall. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the career of actress Emily Blunt and the movie Mass. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.